Hello, everyone. I think we might be live now. Looking forward to having a chat with you all. Well, I just had the greatest experience of uh, the technology brilliance of Phil Schatz because for some reason my restreaming into LinkedIn Live wasn't working. So I've just experienced what you guys can experience uh, about learning how to go into the LinkedIn Live. And today's um, BIP chat with Thomas and I is all about, and we've lost, we've lost Phil. Phil's gone. He's probably um, listening in. Oh, there you go. Wait a minute. He's come back. Um, so today's BIP chat is all about, um, you know, how events can help you to really grow your customer engagement, but also your lead generation. So before we introduce our wonderful guests, um, I just want to put a little bit of context into these weekly events, which are 1.30 every Wednesday, UK time. And Thomas and I, I would say we spend 40% of our time um, scouring the earth for experts. And I, it, you cannot underestimate how hard it is to find people who are good at what they do and care about what they do. And when we find them, we invite them in to join BIP100. And BIP100 stands for Business is Personal. And it all stems from a book that I wrote three years ago, um, which is all about, you know, business is personal. And one of the most personal things you can do into a business is what suppliers are you going to bring in that are going to have your values, your commitments, and, and have the expertise that you need so that you're not wasting your time and wasting your money. So we bring you these experts to you on these shows. And, uh, and it's fascinating because we absolutely love it. Now, the reason we've done it as a chat show rather than as a podcast or a webinar that in itself might be quite interesting to discuss as an event, because here we are, we're running an event. And we do that because there are a lot of chat shows, um, but they tend to be on television. And we wanted to bring a chat show environment to our audience where you are hearing different perspectives, different case studies. So today, um, Thomas and I have invited as our sort of core guest, so to speak, who's leading the conversation around this, and it's Ricardo uh, Molina. Now, Ricardo is um, an expert in helping people run events offline and now obviously virtual. And he underpins a lot of that with his incredible knowledge of CRM and HubSpot, and really not only about putting on the event, but you know, how are you really making sure that you make the most of that event? And that's what we're gonna be talking about. There's sort of three steps of running the event, what happens post the event and how do you build community around that? So Ricardo, we're really excited to have you here. We have actually just instructed Ricardo to help us in our business. So um, not only is Ricardo a client of ours, we're also a client of his. So this is a really, this is gonna be a good chat. We're really looking forward to it. So <laughs> Thank you very much. I've introduced you, Ricardo, and now I, Thomas and I know Phil very well and his uh, Glimpse of the Future events on LinkedIn. But I'd love you to um, tell us why have you invited Phil along today to join us on this chat show? I'm keen to well, know too. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the most important thing when uh, um, we, I've met Phil probably about um, two or three months ago. And when we we, we had a conversation about uh, CRM, HubSpot, et cetera, but I was kind of very, very intrigued with Phil's approach to market and run his events, and but more, more in, in particular to market and grow his events via LinkedIn, 
via LinkedIn events. Because this is something that's kind of taken off big time very recently. LinkedIn events wasn't as popular as, as they are right now. And um, I was impressed with Phil's approach to market his events um, via LinkedIn, acquiring and growing his database, growing, growing his attendee level um, through LinkedIn and subsequently what he's intended to do uh, right after. So, and, and I think this is always very important to give a perspective um, when I am kind of sharing some thoughts uh, around events and everything, because there's a big misconception when people think about running events. Uh, everyone always, for whatever reason, thinks about the logistical aspects of running an event, making them happen. But where we've come from is from when you conceive an event from nothing, you create themes, you invite your speakers, and essentially you profit from them, right? And profiting from them might be in the sense of sponsorship, in the sense of selling tickets, but also uh, profiting from the attention that you gain as a result of running them. Because I think uh, one of the biggest community commodities right now is um, attention. So that's kind of why I'm looking forward to Completely. talking to Phil about it and, and, and sharing that. Well, we, that's fantastic. Phil, you wanted to say something at that point. Oh, it's just really nice to be a guest once again on your chat show. I think this no. is no, and and but, watching this, we actually have a we ask a bit, um, a bit member, a bit one hundred member. So we asked uh, Ricardo, and then we said, "Who would you like as your guest?" And they yeah, invited. Well, I'm pleased to be asked back before. about a completely different context because with Subash, it was about um, project management and construction technology. But here we're talking about events and attention and how you, you build a community. And um, <clears throat> so I was really pleased to be asked because Ricardo's business, uh, Bright Bowl, is the best business I'm aware of and maybe the only business I'm aware of that focuses on helping companies build communities using online events. And I think one of the challenges, probably the biggest challenge that most people have with online events is what do you do afterwards? You can put together a theme where you know your audience and get good content and get good speakers and promote it and get people to come along. But once they've watched your show, once they've subscribed to be with you, where do you go from there? How do you survey them and find out more about what they want and then take that on board to hone your offering so that you can be add more value. And, and that's, that's an area that I don't really address with Glimpse of the Future yet, um, but something I intend to do over the, uh, the coming year. I mean, for, for me with Glimpse of the Future right now, it's all about building my news aggregation and industry directory at this point. Um, mm. I don't, I, I'm not expecting- It seems to me yes. there's many different elements here. You've got the, You've got the event, the actual event. You've yep. got the the LinkedIn event marketing system, which is an is another thing. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the follow up after the event, which is another thing. And then you've got the building of the community. So there's there's like four parts to this. Am I right, mm -hmm. Ricardo? What, what At least four. Yeah. How you is in how you build. Um, build attention around the event, hype it up and get people to sign up. Because I think that that's what, where I've been, I, where my friends in business have all been tremendously helpful to me in, in publicizing the event and chipping in. 
Yeah, and I, ju I just wanted to add on that element. That, like, one of the key elements is wh why why are you as a business owner running an event, right? So there's two, two, two different sections of why, because you're going to profit from them because you're the IP, you're conceiving the idea of the event and you're running that event as a result of that, or, or B, because you are an expert or your company, your organization provides services to a certain industry, to a certain vertical, you have some certain expertise that you want to really share with, with, um, with your audience or some people call it community. And then I think that's kind of a, a, a very important aspect. And in, in this day and age of inbound marketing and you know everything, it's about you know 70, between 70 and 80% of, of, the, of the sale process in a B2B environment is, is undertaken on its own by the user, by the prospect. And the reason why we all in B2B are now, exactly. I mean, it, it is fa fairly new, although it's been kind of probably for the last seven years, it's been like kind of building momentum. But now, like everyone, the pandemic just kind of brought the barriers down for anyone to start producing content, to start adding content, to start adding value to the content. And because, so, so the idea is that like, you as a as a as an organization are sharing valuable content or valuable thought leadership uh, about how you as an organization help achieve certain goals certain things so then you will then kind of go and produce content you will either run a webinar you do a podcast any i, I have not met now anyone that does not do that uh, at least a podcast or you have a newsletter you have something that would allow them to get people together share experiences, share value, because ultimately you, when you sell the service, you need to be there when the user wants it. You need to be found and then you need to be available, uh, more importantly, on their, term, on their terms, on the user's terms. And that's kind of something that I kind of, for instance, I appreciate a lot of you guys because you guys are like everywhere, prolific, and then, but you, you, you engage with your audience and with your users wherever you are. But um, the, the key part, and that's just to, to answer the question, Penny, yeah, there's various parts. So you do that, you run an event, you, you, you put so much effort, everyone puts so much effort in, 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 in bringing attendees to sign up right uh, and there's a variety of events but everyone puts a lot of effort into getting attendees to sign up but then what happens is okay what happens after the event there's a big question mark exactly. what are you going to do um, that's where your which, bright bill is is the, the the best company i've seen is how you follow through with that and leverage it for the next one yeah, yeah. thank you phil thank you phil. so, so essentially yeah. exactly it's about that because um, most companies will do uh, will run events unless you're an organizer, an event organizer. Most companies run events or participate in events to to, to create brand awareness or to generate leads. Ultimately, you well, want I, you, you want to share question your there, right? When when you were talking, you were saying so. What's the reason that mm. people run events? And, and so so what's the reason that I do glimpse of the future? Right? Well, it's, it's really quite straightforward. There's so many. <laughs> vendors in the construction technology space just now so many wonderful solutions out there with great clients delivering fantastic value and and these companies are having trouble getting their message out they have documented verifiable stories of tremendous return on investment that's been delivered 
through some 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 great work um, done by the client and the um, and the uh, and the vendor and, and consultants. And these these case studies just don't get enough notoriety. It it surprises me that more people aren't interested in reading about what's going right in the industry. And and it also on the flip side of that, it irritates me immensely when I read stories about how projects over, always overrun, how you can't estimate accurately, how something's mm -hmm. gonna turn out, um, how you can't predict the time given the complexity, uh, how, how costs are, 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 are killing, costs, uh, costs going up due to inflation are killing the ability to, um, to forecast. So, I mean, I, I do glimpse of the future because there, there's so many great solutions out there that I enjoy just helping people tell their stories. And I'm, and I'm quite passionate about that. And I think that I've struck a real chord by focusing on the... Oh, I think we might have, I might have a bit of a lag there. Phil, yeah. Phil's, Phil's on, a, a, on a boat, on his beautiful boat in Larg in Scotland. So he's doing well, but I think, I think he may have just frozen there. So, frozen there. so we'll, we'll carry on. He'll come back, he'll come back. Oh, oh, you've come back, you've come back. I'm back, have I? Hmm. You got okay. frozen on your boat in 1938. <laughs> Internet connection is unstable. That's not good. Hang on a minute. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. You come back when you're ready. So, you know, what fascinates me about this, Ricardo, and I'm 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 that rookie event person, okay? Running mm -hmm. events. So seeing this opportunity to put on a chat show, that's an event. Um, webinars, that's an event. Like you say, through the pandemic, so many of us. I've got used to Zoom, see, see the power of it, learning all these systems like Restream, and, but we're not really knowing how to leverage this. And, and so it's a, it must be a universal weakness that people, it's almost like we tick boxes thinking, this is gonna generate leads, this is gonna generate um, awareness of us, but we're just doing a teeny weeny bit of it. Because actually, in isolation, this event that we're running now, I think possibly we've got 16 people watching it. Right. And, and if you are watching this live, I'm very, very grateful. Thank the, you for your attention. Yeah, thank you for your attention. But going forward, this should have longevity. And, and, and those 16 people that are kindly watching it, we should be then engaging with you all afterwards to talk about it. Is this... Yeah the world that you are in, Ricardo, to help people like me? Yes, because the, the, the reality is that I say to any content creator or any organization, do not worry too much about the numbers. Uh, if, and, if, and if they can kind of sit with me with that for a while, it's because, yes, people are busy. So 16 people might be watching this live. And the question is, are they the right 16 people that you're trying to they trying to gain attention from. However, after an event's been run, especially if it's digital, especially if it's virtual, you can get up to three times the number of people uh, exposure, the number of people that get exposed to that. So if we're talking about a webinar where you're generally kind of asking for people to um, to sign up, to to you know to exchange their email address or their information, you know, generally you know you might get probably hundred to hundred, depending on depending on the industries. But the, the 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 real potential is that you can get up to three times the number of people that registered to your event when it was going to go live post event. So there is where I excellent point. Are you talking about repurposing? Re totally. Right? This this repurposing. So 
how do you get three times the number of people that signed up to your event in the first place? Number one, you need to repurpose the content. So what we, we all need to do is take this hour-long conversation, take the best bits or, the, or whatever nuggets or wisdom or pearls of wisdom what we might kind of talk about here today, and we need to split that. We need to chop it. I just call it chop it up in, a, in, in, my, in my own kind of colloquial language, but essentially that's kind of what we, it's called defined repurposing the content. Because uh, Penny, you've gone through certain planification, certain effort in, 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 in inviting us to be here today to, to try to claim that attention. And then ultimately you need to kind of elongate the lifespan of, of the effort that you've created. And then repurposing is kind of the essence and repurposing is the key. And why do you repurpose? Because no one, probably not a lot of people have an hour of their time to watch this whole session. Probably we might rumble in some cases in some conversations don't necessarily, it's hundred percent of the time, pretty much a good amount of value. But then when you get the best nuggets into, call it a minute, two minute wisdom bite sizes, you can then use on social media. You can share that with your whole database. You can share that on Facebook. You know, you guys have a lot of various different networks. You can kind of allude to certain elements when you're having a conversation in Clubhouse. And then if you can probably prompt someone, if anyone wants to have more, let us know, or we can just DM. So you repurpose little nuggets so that then you can bring people to either LinkedIn page where this will be then hosted for years to come or on your website and everything. And that's kind of when you start driving that engagement. There's the other element, which is when you're having conversations with potential prospects, if you're in the B2B environment, then that's the whole point. You know, you're probably talking about certain issues. And if you've got a repository of like, let's say 10 specific nuggets of certain areas about that, you can just kind of bring those in within the conversation within your sales process. So it helps tremendously in, in various cases. And to be perfectly honest, this is where I see that most organizations are not necessarily paying the attention or, or continuing the effort. But I, I have a saying that which is like with in virtual events, the work begins not after the event takes place, just the work begins just right after the event ends, because then repurposing is another campaign, which I think from the marketing point of view is beautiful because you already have the content, you just really need to amplify it. Mm, powerful, powerful. Yeah, my question is around the difference between when you're organizing these events is the the work you do on your CRM or marketing base or your existing audience and these LinkedIn events, which seem to be something else, another way of either distributing this event or scaling this event up. How do you how do you plan your time between your existing audience or mailing list and this LinkedIn event thing. You've got the LinkedIn event thing, you've got the restream thing, you've got your main CRM. It, it seems quite confusing it, cocktail of things to organize to me. It is because there, there are multiple databases. So like um, the day before I run a glimpse event, I'll take all of the email addresses from LinkedIn and I'll import them into Zoom webinar and send everyone a Zoom um, invite. And if they join using Zoom, then I can see when they joined and for how long they joined. Um, and I can work out from that which of the sessions they attended. Zoom events, for those who don't know, are 
generally two hours long and they're 15 minute presentations. If someone watches a LinkedIn stream, then you don't know who they are. So we don't know who's on the stream unless they leave a, a, a chat message. So, so, what I, so I use, so what I do is I say, okay, your security is important to me. Your privacy is important to me. So if you want to join anonymously, then you just pick up the LinkedIn stream. Right. Whereas if you want to be part of our community, then you join with Zoom and then you hit your, you're in my mailing list and you, you go through my whole, my whole process. And you're using but, Zoom webinar for that. Yeah. And you've introduced another system. So you've got your, you, you've got your HubSpot CRM system, you've got your LinkedIn event system, and you've got your Zoom webinar system where the messages, the email addresses go around from one. This is Well, Zoom webinar is not really that different. Zoom webinar is not that different from, from normal Zoom. It just allows you to, um, to have an attendee only mode effectively. Right. And so the attendees are hidden. So in this situation here where I'm using Zoom, I've, we've got all of you up. If I had more people join and not, you know, that had registered, we'd suddenly have a very busy tile. Whereas with Zoom, Precisely. so yeah. with, with Zoom webinar, you're able to choose who are the speakers and everybody else sits as an attendee. Yeah. Yeah, they get the, there's two different types of invites. You've got a panelist invite and you've got an attendee invite. But it's very easy to promote someone who's got an attendee invite mm -hmm. to be a panelist. Right. And I do that all the time. I, I encourage people, if they type in an interesting question in the chat, then I'll just promote them and let them put it. Yeah, I uh, need to learn the can bring, And Phil, yeah, how, long, how long has it taken you to, to get these skills, to learn how to integrate all these systems together, would you say? I, I don't know. I'm... Well, I'm a big Microsoft fan. I used to work at Microsoft and LinkedIn's a Microsoft property. So I thought it would be good to master it. And I've been a big LinkedIn fan for, for years. So it's, it's sort of my, the system I use the most. Yeah. But you, and then one, one, one of the things that I wanted to add on that where I was, uh, when, when, when I saw Phil doing it is, is the, the fact is that any organization has their own database. It's granted. It's your database. You can send five, six, 10 emails invite them to an event. The key is that we all as business owners, especially in B2B, we want to grow our audience. We want to grow our database. We want to grow the people that get exposed to that event, right? Or in, 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 this, particular, in this specific sense. And what LinkedIn allows you to do is just to have that database of that universe of LinkedIn that you can invite, that you can kind of get exactly. closer to that audience. You can invite the them through the system instead of sending them emails because Correct. I think that there's a bit of a backlash now about emails yeah. being sent to invite people to online events and the LinkedIn structures for inviting people and then encouraging other people to invite their friends. And then the use of hashtags, there's, there's all sorts of ways that you can, you can target. Um, so like sales navigator, okay, expensive tool. I use it and I've got a list of about 300 companies that I'm particularly interested in that I track. And I just, if somebody comes up on my radar, I will invite them to whatever event I'm running or encourage them to join my mailing list. So that's another job. tool. It is a big, big job. It just shows, doesn't it, Ricardo, that event management, it, it, it is a, it can't be done flippantly, can it? 
No, 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 to totally not. And it really requires effort. You need to be very diligent in the way that you go about it. So pre-event, you need to you need to have a sequence. So um, uh, Thomas, essentially, you need to use your own database to invite your prospects because if you're trying to build community, you're trying to build that audience. Uh, you need to add value to your existing contacts, right? So you're going to communicate with that. The, the cool thing about the, the LinkedIn event is that I, as a speaker, can uh, essentially invite 100 people per day. Um, correct. I know that. Oh, I think it's a across. lot more than that. I, think I know that John's looking that. at it, or, or I think it's a thousand a week. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's a thousand a week. Yeah. 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 As a speaker. I can just invite people manually. So the the real potential of this is that, that if you have a panelist, a, a five a five panelists on your event, they can all easily go into the contact list and kind of manually invite, let's say fifty, let's say twenty, whatever number that is, that is kind of comfortable for that. All within the system, and all the people have to do is just say yes, I'm attending. Yeah. Exactly. Now you have the ability to ask, okay, the or the event organizer would like to get your data and everything, and you can just so in two clicks you're like you're done right exactly um, and that is a that is the real big potential is is more in like when you have a group of people within this linkedin event wrapper then the you can exponentially can make amplify that event in a very very easy way right and then using the linkedin network then you get we've got the likes you've got the comments and, and the rest is history in addition to that you can also use the paid to within LinkedIn to to then create your audiences and everything and get through to those individuals. So LinkedIn as a channel and as a medium to amplify your event to acquire additional users, additional attendees is great. It's really, really good. And, can, I, can I just and, clarify yeah. one point? Um, is you, you said you can just invite people in your network, right? Well, we all have thousands of people. I mean, Penny's got 30,000 contacts in LinkedIn. I've got about 8,000. So the ability to filter that list by location, job title, there's all sorts of filters available to narrow that list of then who you invite. Well, and you do that through Sales Navigator, do you? No, no, right through LinkedIn no. events. Oh, really? When you say... Um, as soon as you create an event, Penny, and you've got your speakers and you hit that invite connections button, you can filter that. Oh, really? Um, I mean, there's not really enough criteria there. I mean, some, I, I think the one thing limited. I, sorry? But it works. A manual process. Yeah, Thomas wants to just mail all 40,000 people that he's got on LinkedIn, don't you? See, I would never really do that. Works. I only want Everyone people wants that are it. into project management. I always, want people, I always want people out of my network. I always want to flush my network. I always want people to go away from my network. If 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 they're not right, it's, a, it's so funny. It's so funny compared com, coming from where you've come from. Now you want them out of your network. Where well, you spent a lifetime building it. You know, he just wants to make sure that nobody's wasting one another's time. So if you're not really yeah. interested, then then because you are limited. I think the reason Thomas talks like that is that he hit that maximum that LinkedIn has. In 2004. Very, he did it in 2004. So you think since then, so that's 17 years where he can't grow his network unless people leave. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. having to remove people every day on LinkedIn. Every day I'm having to remove people to let new people in. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so the, the reality is, 
process of elimination really in terms of right. wouldn't it be wonderful if you could filter for how long ago you established the connection you can yeah. do that you can export the data set i believe and then in excel sort by the connection date but it's a really manual yeah. process so ricardo what were you what you were about to add something there no i mean i'm obviously kind of uh, thomas is a, is a probably uh, a unique scenario but generally you will have anywhere between 2000 and 10000 contacts that you have on your on your linkedin networks but 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 also so and, and i just really wanted to highlight the fact that linkedin is not the only way in which you do it so that's why you have a multi channel approach so you have your database you have linkedin but you also have facebook you have to have the you need to do you need to do media partnership you need to do marketing partnerships where i can let's say collaborate for argument's sake with phil or the way in which we probably might have collaborated and everything you know i as a speaker on a, on a particular session like personally what i do when i'm i'm speaking at any with any partner i i amplify to my channels i amplify to my database you guys will do the same phil will do the same and that's kind of where it comes alive right it's not only about email it's not only about linkedin it's about combination of all of them and how you go about it yeah. but the more important thing is and then i think you know we can all talk about linkedin uh, uh, events for a while the important aspect is okay so what's going to happen after we press the stop button and what's going to happen over the next four weeks for the 50 people 15 16 people that attended right how are we going to engage and this is kind of where the the, the 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 power of of a crm becomes comes alive because ultimately we all know so penny you're not running one chat show you're running various chat shows you guys are doing a lot of various different events live right yeah yeah and the and the question is understanding so who within your audience attended two three or more events who within your audience watched the the sessions after but let's just say who from your audience then as a result of attending one of your events then decided to check for instance people 100 club join us right that's where the magic starts to happen where ideally the the, the best ways that you ideally need to be exchanging data in the shape of, of an email address with with your users so that you're able to then derive that sort of that, information that is i love this ricardo and it's getting this is to your the, buying working the, market. well it's getting to the <laughs> the nub of um hubspot for example which is why we're yes. making hubspot with you because obviously mm. yeah you're right we do do events we do reach out a lot when thomas and you had a uh, eventually had your conversation and you decided to join Bit 100 you found it fascinating didn't you how many he could track how many times yeah he could track how many times we would engage <laughs> that was like boom yeah. you got me interestingly <laughs> enough by you it's... telling me that that motivated me to want to have you as a member of bit 100 and equally motivated me to be a client of yours for bit 100 he was saying to me all the time penny i've got to i've got to implement what ricardo's got because i want to know that <laughs> hey, can i just point out who referred ricardo to bit huh yes yes uh, yes it was yes. my idea to recruit him right <laughs> i said go get ricardo <laughs> he did. He actually said that. He said, "TP, go and get you." Oh, there you go. That's very interesting. So, and according to Ricardo, it took me sixteen attempts or sixteen messages. Yeah. Well, there you are. Fascinating data, and Thomas does love data. But you know what? What we're highlighting here is, 
it's almost frighteningly easy to put on an event. I mean, we see it all the time, whether somebody's just doing a Facebook live. A lot of shit whether, ones, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, whether we, whether we do a, a LinkedIn live, which, um, you know, I found quite hard setting up and learning restream and everything. It is hard. This um, stuff is hard. So, but, but people are doing it. I don't know how many events are happening across the world now, um, but yet none of us probably, I, I imagine a tiny percentage know how to leverage it and implement the system like Ricardo's now going to be doing for us. Um, yeah, yeah. And, so, and then I think, I've got a question for you. Okay, yeah, go ahead. For you because obviously I'm a freak user who wants to get people out of my network to let new ones in. I've got huge databases across LinkedIn and, and Twitter and uh, Gmail and Outlook and so on, because I've been online for 30 years. It's not surprising. But the thing that I find so difficult is that I, I've, I register on every database to receive maximum stuff. I want maximum stuff coming at me. I want people selling me everything. Because any supplier that's selling to me, I know really wants to buy something. So I love people selling to me because I know I can turn them into a client. The more people sell to me, the more I want to be yeah. sold to. Because You're I unique. Know I can turn every supplier. Can you imagine how much crap? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how. I don't know how you do it. Tom. Okay, so I, I, I honestly love, don't I love, know. And one, I think I, I can give you it in one word. He does it because of football. Because when you're watching football, you totally disconnect, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like watching my football. Um, so that you forget about all that stuff, yeah. The thing that I know, everyone is better. Is better. Microsoft is bad at it. Google is bad at it. Everybody is bad at it. Is the follow up and the follow through. You mean the systems? That that yeah. what Ricardo says. What happens after the event? When you buy your Mercedes, when you buy your Google Pixel, when you buy your Microsoft laptop, and all of these things we've consumed, I've consumed pretty much every product is available to mankind. The follow-up process by these organizations and by individuals is terrible. So despite having all these systems, what, why is it so hard for people to get their follow-up right and build that deep community sense of relationship with you after you are a consumer? I think it's the pressure of immediate priorities. It's hard, it's hard work. So you move on to something easier. So, so Ricardo, and, so this is this is the thing you you work with your clients on, I assume. Potentially, yeah. It's just to because the the reality is that our clients will have what I call a Frankenstein set of toolkits. That, as you said, Sir Thomas, you have a lot of databases everywhere. You have every everything is very scattered. So the first step is just to try to kind of put it in one place. So we need to establish a single source of truth or get close to establishing a single source of truth. That's precisely, Thomas, is what allows me to see is, okay, how many touch points have I had with Thomas before? Either on social, email, clicks, whatever, whatever, conversations, yeah. meetings, Zooms, and all that sort of stuff. And that is kind of where it becomes the magic because statistically, before we actually are even able to start a, a cell conversation, they would have, uh, probably someone would have already had between eight to around 20, 25 touch points with you, right? Do you know, do you know the exact number of those touch points prior to some kind well, of I know, transaction? I know, I know mine. I know mine within my sales process, but like within the events industry organization, it's probably around eight touch points. And what about um, with yours? With mine, I think... Um, it's very, very, it's, it's, it's very interesting because with me, I'll probably get around um, seven, right? 
And then there is that element when someone actually comes to bright, when someone engages with bright ball or anything that I have there, they, the, 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 num the magic number is about between five and seven. So anyone that engages less than five times, then probably they're not ready. I might just leave them alone. But when someone between five and seven, then that for me is an indicator that um, they might be open to uh, establish a conversation with me. And I generally, I, I never do phone calls. I'll generally kind of send a, like, a, like a nice kind of follow-up and say, you know, I've noticed you've been intrigued about certain areas. But um, and interesting about beyond that, then they are like, they're not, they're, they're not a sales prospect for me, but, because, but they're just binging on my content, which I, I, I'm, I'm very happy to, to know that, that, that I provide a lot of valuable content. So anyone that starts consuming on that on a very regular basis, they are not, never going to buy from us. They're not interested in that because when you call them, that's why they're binging on my content because they have the ability to, to get all that information free. So, but there is, for me, is a very, very key sequence. They will generally read a blog. They will generally comment about, about us page, which is what we call middle of the funnel conversion pages, the about us page. And then they'll generally either go to a testimonial or certain case studies. When someone actually follows that path, that really brings, I, I have my system. I That's have cool. telling me. That's very cool. Ricardo, big, give this guy a call. Because that happens, and that generally happens within a day or two, so that is a that. big inclination to sell. So I have tried to do where I see that behavior, and I just do nothing. I just I have tried in the past of not taking any action on that. Generally, probably by the day or two days, an in, an inbound lead comes in. Ricardo, I've been thinking, I've been reading your content, I've been saying that stuff, blah blah blah. And then I have kind of modified it in a way that like when, when I do an outreach, if by one day or two, I don't hear about the person, then I send a polite message. And then guess what they say? Interesting you say that. I've been thinking about you. When can we talk? So that's yeah, essentially yeah. for me reduces that element in big, big time. You see what I'm saying? So when you're selling, uh, uh, obviously, services, consulting services, when you're looking at about events, uh, acquiring attendees, then it's a slightly different, uh, it's a slightly different um, sequence and in touch points. And, and again, a touch points when I highlighted about the events industries, because there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of noise out there, you know, I mean, Thomas, you, you, how many, how many invitations to events you receive on a, on a day to day basis, you can, you, you're blind, you're blind to it. You see what I'm saying? So, so, um, and, and it's, it's, and it's more transactional because sometimes some event organizers have free events. So it, it, it's, you know, it's easier to sign up to an event, to press a button and sign up to the event, get me to attend an event, then another, another element begins, you know? So when you're selling event tickets, it's transactional you probably need to follow certain touch points you need to kind of provide a value in certain ways and that but it's kind of a very simple campaign in in, in marketing terms you you invite someone they pay for a ticket because they they parted with their hard-earned money they're going to show up or well, that's ideally you you get probably attendance rate of about 90 percent of that but when Amazing. you're doing free but when you're doing free what's my what's again linkedin event what's my what's my do i just click fine then you need to do a second campaign begins so essentially with free virtual events you have one to acquire the attendee a second one to get the attendee to show up and you generally have about 40 percent attendance rate when there's for a free event and then well, guess what lucky. a 
a third campaign to get them to engage with you post-event. Again, thinking about the 2x to 4x uh, potentiality of gaining additional leads on that, right? So Ricardo, amazing. we want you to do this all for us as yeah, well. Yeah, it's incredible. And I we'll think do that. Um, mm. I know it's unbelievable. One minute left for me, for the commitment I've made to our attendees, it'll be 45 minutes. Um, Already? Concept. My goodness So me. fast, so fast. But what, what, you know, listening to you, what you're really seeing is the buying behavior, which in the old days we would be sitting, I'd be running a dress shop and I'd watch a lady come in and I would know whether I was going to sell to that person or not by the way they walked around and whether they looked at prices. Yes, You're yes, now yes. talking about the fact that you have absolutely embedded almost the psychology of someone's buying behavior. Yeah, he's through, got that. Through this virtual world, which we all need so much and i'm very excited it's thomas who really wanted this implemented with you and we're really enjoying the process of uh, being, being one of your clients as well ricardo so anybody no. watching this back um you know what we've really established today is it's too easy it's too easy for any of us to just run an event whether it's a podcast a webinar a live onto facebook linkedin it's just too easy because we're wasting our time if after the event, post the event, we're not really understanding well leverage it. And I think um, it's been a real privilege to talk this through with you, Ricardo. Phil, I think you, you are an amazing, amazing case study of someone who <laughs> yeah. runs phenomenal events. And anybody in the tech industry, please, you know, look at this glimpse of future events that are on Phil Phil's um, on oh, his on his profile on LinkedIn. Connect both with Ricardo and Phil. Take this conversation further, I hope. I have a feeling I'm going to be giving Ricardo the raw footage of this so that he can start helping us repurpose Please it. Please do. And Please then, do. We'll repurpose it. Of I think course, that's going to, that to me is going to be a really fascinating experience as well. So um, I hope you've all enjoyed it. Next week, Thomas and I are interviewing Marilise de Villiers. So it's a little bit changing oh, in tone here. Marilise is the author of Raw. She's a fantastic lady, been a corporate woman um, and actually left the corporate world and has written the book on how do you find your raw? Uh, we all love her, so this is going to be our conversation next week. Any any last words you looked at me then, or were you just doing a raw? Just the I was doing a raw. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to thank Phil and Ricardo yeah. for such a good show. Thank you for inviting me. I'm getting thank you guys. It's amazing. Heads. Yeah, really, and I've, I know you well, Ricardo. But I've learned so much again today. So thank you both. Thank you so much, Phil, as well, for your intelligence on this.